never Hit gets me. old. God, that's such Hit a good beat. Hey, hey, beat goes so hard. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Whiskey Conversation Podcast, fellas. What's good? Hello. And lady, how are you? Hello, hello, good, I'm good. good. Well, you know how we started with the toast. Calvin got the Fiji. Fiji. Okay. Oh, clink. Yeah, clink. I was, I was <laughs> waiting for that. That was kind of weird. No, yeah, it was a quiet like, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. You got a wine glass? Didn't you get coming at us about a wine glass? I no. said before? the same thing. Didn't you try Behind to come at us with a wine no, glass? No, I came before? at y'all for drinking wine. I ain't coming no, at you No, but you, you did come glass. at us about drinking whiskey out of a wine glass. <laughs> no, listen here. Bro, check it. You let did. Me, so, let me tell you what happened, right? So, we have a special guest. And for us, you know, the last time we had ladies on here, we looked real bad by giving them plastic cups. So why you didn't give her the wine glass? So I gave it. It didn't matter, bro. It didn't matter. <laughs> I was trying to do the gentleman thing. Can you just let me be great? <laughs> Jesus, did you order your food? I see where this. I see that where this is gonna go already. We got a- angry Calvin until he get ready to eat. He's gonna Uber eat again. Man, Uber eat. He gonna get up and get his food. <laughs> what you getting? Chipotle? You eating healthy? Oh yeah. You need something near, huh? Mm -hmm. Get real quick. Close, real quick. We are excited to be back, man. I I missed the last one y'all did, man. So I finally seen Lion King. And, uh... What'd you think? (laughs) What'd you think about Beyonce? Uh, Real quick, because you just spoke. So let me me introduce the guest first. Let me do that. I'm sorry. We got Miss Terry Igiomo. Yeah. Did I say that right? You did. Oh, you did. Here we go. He was practicing so hard behind the camera. I'm trying not to forget that. <laughs> right before we went live, he's just like, I hope I don't screw this up. I hope I don't I screw know. this up. I know, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the people what you do and all of that good stuff. Sure. So my name is Terry Gioma, and I teach people how to invest in the stock market. But the thing is for short-term gains. So whether they want to travel, pay off debt, replace their income, um, I teach them how to do that using stocks. So that's what I do. A couple of the things that I've been able to do with it. So I was able to quit my job and start traveling around the world trading stocks. I was able to pay off my student loans in 30 days. I'm buying a house cash right now. So that's some of the stuff you can do with the stock market. If any of that money is ever weighing down too hard in your purse, let me know. I got some student loans. (laughs) Okay. I I got you. This isn't for me. This is for you. Okay. Yes. Okay. We're going to get into that later, man, because we we definitely got to revisit that. I thought uh, selling drugs was a way to go. Yo, this sounds a lot smarter. Yeah, and I know that, that, legal. It's legal, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. I was about to say selling drugs. That's the only thing I know. But, you know, <laughs> flipping is what we call it, Austin. Flipping the money. You know what I'm saying? What's the difference between flipping and slinging? Don't worry about it. I mean, All right. <laughs> flipping. All right. Don't All explain right. it. Sorry. Too much to explain. But no. So we. I was talking about the Lion King joint, man. I finally got a chance to see it. And, uh,. Man, I went into it. I heard everybody's opinion. I was just hoping everybody was overreacting about Beyonce. And then she read the first lines, and I was (laughs) like, oh, my God. (laughs) This is terrible. And so I was very disappointed, really, in the whole movie, like, to be honest with you. I I liked it just because I'm a huge Lion King fan. But, like, to me, the only saving grace was Timon and Pumbaa, to me. It's just yeah. my opinion. I know y'all already discussed it, but I had to come on and get my <laughs> opinion. And Miss Terry, you have you seen it? I saw it. Okay. I saw it. What did you think about it? <laughs> I thought it was. We, a we know exactly what that means by right. that. Look. We know exactly what that means. Exactly. Right. It was. It was very much to the old movie, but it was kind of slow. I think they were trying to make it really pretty yep. and and what is it? Cinematographer. I don't know the right C- word. Cinematic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were like extending scenes, like the mouse took forever to get up the hill. Just yeah. So that was what I That's say. funny. That's crazy. Yeah. By the way, but, I think that was the first time all three of us said something smart in unison. Is it cinematic? Oh, okay. We're usually off the cuff. I think that was the smartest thing we said in unison. I'm okay. proud of us. Thank we're growing you. a lot. Great for. We appreciate you. Calm down, Calvin. Ahead. You're getting way too excited over there. Okay. <laughs> Calvin, hungry. I'm not going to have this. Okay? Calvin You're going to act like a gentleman. We have a lady here. Calvin going to be You're so calm quiet down. this episode until this food comes. <laughs> I wish he would have ordered it on his way up here because we ain't going to hear nothing. No, but yeah, man, that I, it was just very disappointing to to see that, man. And like I said, like <laughs> I was – I was probably like, Beyonce, she's not going to be this bad. She know how big this is. <laughs> she's not going to be uh, that psych. bad. <laughs> and I seen one of the, say, say seen one of the posts where uh, they said it sounded like she was reading her lines with her finger. Like she was oh. like somebody that read along with their finger. <laughs> I, I just felt so bad. I was like, man, this is terrible. Like, But Timon and Pumbaa, actually, they, 
they saved it. So, uh, or at least made it respectable, I say. I still haven't seen the movie. I've only seen that trailer where she comes in and, and says that line like oh, Simba. Just, just the way she said it. I'm like, just watch it on fire. Yeah, I don't. Just, just yeah, wait, bro. I, I don't. Just wait, man. You ain't don't don't waste your time, bro. But uh, man, we talked about uh, free agency basketball, man. But with football season is officially started. We're in so training camp. Uh, what your team? We don't really care about. Um, the Falcons. I don't really care about the Cowboys, so, so we, yeah, at least we understand yeah, each other you now. Because you, you actually p- make posts about the Cowboys. You can't be America's Cowboys. team until you win. You make, so. you make posts about the Cowboys and not a fan. I, so, I did. Yeah. And I'm no, proud of it. But nobody makes posts about the Falcons. I hate us our biggest fans. they the biggest fans. They talk about the Cowboys more okay, than, define than a, we do. Okay, define a fan, because I think what you, you are, a, what you are. What you are. Okay, that's so generic. What What does that mean? What does a fan mean? I hate us all our biggest fans. You're baby. saying the same thing. You're not defining what a fan is. Y'all promote y'all worried the team. About us. Y'all promote y'all promote the team. Us. What do we do? I okay. I, I will. I will say this. <laughs> oh. I will. Say, I will look at the camera when I say this. All right. It brings me more joy to hate on the Cowboys than I do to support to the Falcons. cheer for your own team. That's terrible. I like it. That's I terrible. like it. Are you you a football fan? I am. Okay. Who's your favorite team? Well, I was, I'm, I'm going to say the Cowboys since I'm wow. in this room. Okay. <laughs> wow. No. Say it with your chest. All right. Say it with your chest. Tell us how you feel. You could, you could say it. Who, who's your favorite team? Um, so, right now, I actually really like the Saints. Okay. Um, mm, but okay. I've been okay. born and raised in Dallas. So you can't not like the Cowboys. You can just additionally like another no, team. You, you can you can not like them. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess we allow that. No, we not. I'm sorry. We can't. I was going to allow it because you were a guest. Uh, no, we can't allow that. We don't do bandwagons. Well, some, some of our other castmates, they, you know. They, they, they don't know who. They don't know where they're from. They don't know what team they like. So, uh, But, yeah, if you could tell, man, Brian and Jacob aren't here. Jacob uh, got rear-ended, actually, on his way to the show. So, y'all uh, say a prayer for him. He's okay, by the way. He is good. He's okay. Hopefully but, he's going to get a check from you the know, insurance. Say a prayer for, for his mind. You know, he's probably mad and upset. Uh, Brian just moved into another location. And he's uh, getting his baby wipe dispenser installed is what he told me. So, Baby wipe uh, dispenser? Yeah, what? I'm confused by that. He's a, he's getting a baby wipe dispenser installed today. This is it. And some cable, too. So At his house? Yeah, at his house. That's why he couldn't make oh, the no, show. Oh, no, I'm not. Today. I, I get it. Okay, I, I get it. Make the show. So right. uh, I get it. But, Something yeah. Like baby wipes. Okay. Softer. Yeah. Refreshing. Ah, okay. Yeah, real delicate. And yeah, like you know. <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about Brian's ass right now. Okay, I'm, let's move on from that. You know, hey, I you brought the you said the ass. I didn't say all that. Mm-hmm. I just said a baby wipe dispenser. He could have been using it for other stuff. No, let's move on. Okay, <laughs> when, no. when you said other stuff, it's like all right. Now that can go a completely different way. We don't want to. Let's just keep moving. Let's keep yeah, that, moving. That definitely could go a completely different way. But man, we do a segment called "Say It With Your Chest." Does anybody have a "Say It With Your Chest" today? Calvin, I, I see you. What you what you got, bro? You be posting a lot in your store and give a lot of uh, content for this here podcast. What you what you got, man? Go ahead. Yeah, I hope it don't come off too that angry. That grin says he has something. Too angry like because he ain't ate yet. But what you got, man? Uh. <laughs> the thinking face. Did you hear that? The sucking of the teeth. He's sucking of the teeth. That means he's really got something. He just didn't know how to start it. I've never seen you this quiet. First wow. off, uh, okay. I want to say uh, – Thoughts and prayers with everybody in El Paso and Ohio. Uh, with everything that happened this weekend. Um, I think my say it with my chest comes. I'm just sick of. I was about to say, are you trying to censor yourself? I can't believe it. I'm, I'm just trying to say it in the, <laughs> in the nicest politically correct way possible. Um, this is not a politically correct show. I'm sick of the justice system being slapped in black people's faces. Okay. And by that, I mean, I'm sick of continuous shootings 
like this happening and they're by white males but every time it is deemed I won't say excusable because it's not excusable I don't think anybody ever excuses it but you can see in the media tries to excuse it in a sense by always giving it a mental illness and just coming from an area where I come from you have these guys that get these machine rifles and they go kill a mass of people and the media wants to classify it as mental illness versus where I come from, people kill each other with handguns, but that's not classified as mental illness. And the reason I say that is because a lot of these killers, they may they may came from suburban America probably had everything handed to them or they may have been geeks at a high school and been picked on, whatever the case may be. And so the country always deems that as mental illness. But nobody pays attention to the mental illness of black men in urban America. And I say that as to say when we kill each other or when we may kill somebody else, you don't get a mental illness scapegoat to cover you up. And I think that's a huge thing from the standpoint of you get a lot of kids who grow up like myself. I saw my first dead body before I was eight. Like you hear gunshots all the time. You see people getting killed. You see, as a kid, we knew what a dope fiend was at a young age, but we deemed it as how we grew up and we normalized it. And then once you grow up, well, you get in your teenage years and a lot of this stuff. I was just grateful to have the family and the village that I had to kind of keep me grounded, keep me away from a good majority of stuff, but I was still exposed to it versus you have a lot of other people who are exposed to their stuff, so they grow up and that's all that they know. Like, people talk about the military and having PTSD. Well, people have PTSD coming from the hood. Like, I still jump if I hear like a loud noise or a bang because that's what you program to. But mental illness is never given as a scapegoat or mental illness is never addressed when it comes to the kids of inner city America. It's always brought up and addressed when you have these mass shootings going on as a way to try to humanize these people who have killed hundreds of people and they just so happen to be white. But with black people, we don't get that same that same privilege. And I just get tired of just the system being thrown up. I get tired of black boy goes to jail for 10 plus years for getting oral, consensual oral sex from a white female versus you have this white Stanford grad who rapes a woman unconsciously, but he's deemed too affluent to go to jail. Like I just I'm I'm just tired of the media. I'm tired of the judicial system just always being slapped in our face and we're supposed to act like we're we're begging or we're just beating a dead horse by like putting it out there that this ain't this isn't right. Like this is not acceptable. Like if I think I had just moved to Dallas, or maybe I was still in L.A. when um, the one guy that was shooting in Dallas. Like, I don't – and I mean, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but the guy that shot at Walmart, the guy that shot the people in Charleston, any shooter that has, like, shot somebody, they've somehow found a way to arrest them. And then they bring the mental illness. They blew the dude up down here, sent a robot. Like, that was the first time in history a lot of us had ever heard of the police sending a robot in to blow somebody up. And so I just, I don't know, man. It's just unsettling. It doesn't it doesn't sit right with me. I'm sure it doesn't sit right with a lot of people. And that's kind of just my, my say with my chest and my platform for like what I want to say. I just, I'm just tired of stuff being thrown in our face and we supposed to act like it's that, normal. It, that it's normal yeah. so <clears throat> if i may because i mean i want to be very sensitive to this because obviously it, it weighs on you a lot so 
not trying to start a debate. I just I, mm -hmm. I want to understand better. And and I wrote it down because I want to make sure I'm clear with this. So is your anger more towards the media? Because and you had brought up um, white culture essentially. Mm -hmm. Is it uh, is your anger directed towards the media, white culture, or something else? You would you would mention the judicial system. Is it something specific? Is it a little bit of all? Like where where is it more? It's, 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 it's encompassing of everything. I think the media is a reflection of the judicial system and the justice system. I think I got into it with uh, one of my college team, ACDM, once I had posted the picture of the police handcuffing the black guy while the white guy with the guns was walking by. And I mean, he's a police officer, he DM, he's like, that that picture is wrong, that's racist. Like, and for you to view that, that makes you racist. I'm like, my picture is not saying that all police are racist. I, I don't believe all cops are racist, but I'm saying that the system is historically proven to be racist and for you as a cop to not understand that these things go on within your within your profession uh, is an injustice that you're doing to the people. Yeah, you're turning a blind eye to everything. Yeah. I, I saw the picture that you posted. Um, again, I have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And, and I want to ask this not as a defense, like, oh, well, I need to defend white people. That, that's not where I'm coming from. Right. Where I'm coming from is how would have how would have the response have been different if, you know, the two horses and the guy in the middle, if that was a white guy? Because they are cops on horses, so how else are you going to hold the person in custody? doesn't matter. Are you talking about that? Are you talking about that? I was, I was talking about the earlier one. Okay, but so that, okay, but, then, I, then I'm talking about a different but, one. But, but, so I was talking about the one – the one I had posted before that, but even that one with the cops, I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to have some kind of common sense about the whole situation. Like, I'm sure them cops got walkie-talkies. Right, this is I'm America. sure. I'm sure that they can tell, hey, we need a squad car, patrol car uh, for this guy. But, I mean, even, even the, I mean, the chief was like, yeah, they did a. That was a poor decision that they made. Like that's just, like you got so the two. Chief came out and said something. Yeah, you got okay. you got two white you got two white cops on a horse, walking a dude a black man on a leash handcuffed. Like that that makes no sense. Like that makes no sense. Like optic wise, you have to know that that just looks utterly ridiculous. But again, there won't be any repercussion for it. Because nobody, nobody truly cares. We'll make an uproar, but nobody, nobody truly cares that it happens. Yeah, that's so crazy. You, but you, and we, can, I don't mean to cut you off because we can go on this all day long. And you know the, like you said, man, I think it's a combination of everything. The justice system, of course, the media, of course, blows things up as well. And it, I mean, it just it looks bad. It is bad. Not looks bad. It is bad. And I'm I'm same thing as you, man. I'm fed up too with it. You know, being from I'm from the hood too. I've seen it. I grew up like you said. You knew what a dope fiend was. We had a trap two houses down from from where we stayed. So stuff that you know what I'm saying that certain cultures don't grow up with. We grew up with it. Had to deal with it. Gunshots, all of that, man. And and just to see that it's continuing, like some of the some of the behaviors. And everything, man, is sad. It's saddening and disappointing. But we're gonna go ahead and and jump into the topic. We might have to come back and, and discuss this again one day. But the topic for today, we're talking uh, financial stability, fi being financially fit, is what we is what we gonna coin the term. And we have, of course, that's why we brought on Miss Terry here today, because she is an expert, financial expert. And of course, we have our own residential financial expert, Mr. Calvin Hilliard himself. He opened up his own bank in East St. Louis called <laughs> Best Bank. So, we, <laughs> but no, we're gonna go ahead. And, up, wow, <laughs> that was smooth. That was Standing smooth. With a straight face and everything. Honestly, when you said when you said Vest, Best Bank, bro, my blood sugar just started going. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. But yeah, man. So y'all gotta go check out that. If y'all don't know what that is, go check out the uh, Rep Your Hood episode. Uh, where we uh, Calvin's from East St. Louis, and he brought us some best soda. It was the best soda that I had in a while. So y'all got to go check that out. But no, we're talking fin being financially fit. That wasn't uh, soda. That was corn syrup. I just gotta say, come on. <laughs> Let's be honest now. Yeah, it was sweet. Eighty grams of fit. sugar, soda my ass. 
financially fit and financially right. accountable. Um, Calvin, I'm going to go ahead and start with you, and then we'll bring Terry into the fold. What what I mean when it when we're talking about financially fit? What are some tips or suggestions that you have for people? Um, I mean, well, working in banking for the time that I did, and I mean, I can't I can't touch on that. I think it's it's crazy to see just how financially irresponsible people are with their money. And then I mean, you you see it you see it from even before getting a profession like with our society, you know that people would rather have designer this, designer that, da da da. Still stand with your mom, um, <laughs> like just house looking ridiculous, credit terrible, but these brand names is what matter. Buying sections every weekend, but your credit. It's terrible, and so got the club, but you don't have the capital, right? So it's it's just one of those things, man. It's I and it's not even it's not even I won't even say just strictly our generation. Like I've I've seen where there's been grown people that will lose their money at the casino, come to the bank, their their account will be in the negative, want us to waive those withdraw those overdraft fees, like it was a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> put the money back in there, but then go to the casino and lose it all again, come back. And wants to so, I think, I think it's just, I want to say it's just a societal problem, a family problem. I was just lucky enough to have my mom and my dad, who pretty much taught me about finances, make sure that my credit was always intact, uh, telling me what's important, like take care of take care of things is important versus worrying about all this material stuff that you get. So. I mean, but there are people that don't have the education, so they don't know how to raise the scores of their credit. Like, a lot of people don't know about getting uh, secure credit cards. A lot of people don't know about the usage rate of a credit card. A lot of people don't know um, just, like, just certain things when it comes to credit and help building your credit. Or, like, you paying your cell phone bill late could affect your credit. Mm -hmm. You paying light bill late could affect your credit like it's, it's a lot of people that just kind of blow those off for things that don't matter you know what i'm saying so i don't know i think i think society has just gotten caught up in the brand names and i would definitely say it's a thing yep. of, of not knowing not being taught uh maybe parents of course not not having that knowledge as well because i mean it's a lot of stuff myself that i'm still learning still figuring out um of course, I've a lot of the stuff that I knowledge I have gained has come from me researching. Uh, and know, also the school to, of hard knocks, just going through the experience yourself. <laughs> That's funny hearing you say the school of hard knocks, bro. I don't know why. <laughs> it just was, but but you're right. though. No, you're right. But I do want to. I want to hear from Miss Terry because she she caught my interest, piqued my interest when she's talked about being able to pay out student loans in 30 <laughs> days because here I am, been paying these student loans since I graduated and I don't feel like I didn't made a dent in them at all. So I'm interested to hear uh, you to go in more detail on what it is you do and how you did that. Sure. Teach us something because we're going to sell um. drugs otherwise. So we need to figure this out now. <laughs> um, so a couple things. Teach me the fucking game. Go. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I think is really important, like, <laughs> y'all are dying. <laughs> um, but one of the things I think is really important is that people don't understand the value of their money. Okay. So when you invest in the stock market, like, I'm a professional trader. The bank will actually give me four times the amount of cash in my account to trade with. So for every $1 that I have, I actually get to trade four. So that means if I have $10,000, I'm trading with 40000 If I have $25,000, I'm trading with 100000 So when you think about the value of your money like that, then you start thinking about, dang, if I eat this meal, I'm okay, I'm spending $25 on this one plate of catfish, which, I mean, I do because catfish is good. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the buffalo man myself. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but the thing is, that $25 that you're spending on that food is actually worth $100 if you were to trade it in the market. Or when people buy those $100 Jordans or however much they cost, that's actually $400 worth of buying power that you could have been using to make your money work for you. So I think 
one of the things that we as people, especially, like I'll, I'll say especially in the, the black and minority community, we just don't understand the value of our money. Yeah. So I think we spend it way too fast, and it leads into, like, debt leads into us not ever having big assets or ne- never being owners, always being renters. And but a poor mindset and a poor lifestyle. Yeah, but we just don't understand the value. Let me, let me ask you, do you think it's that we don't understand the value or do you think is that we place value on the wrong things? Mm. Because I, I, I just think that I think we know that we can spend money we all about status sometimes. But we kn- but the fact that we know we can spend money, we don't justify where to spend it. What what do you what do you think about I, that? so I agree with you, mm-hmm. but I think I would flip it a little bit and I would say, so yes, we place value on the wrong things, but we also don't understand what we could have, like the opportunity cost mm-hmm. of like what we could have had if we had used our money in a different way. So for example, um the student loan stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was able to take the money and then pay off over $17,000 worth of debt in 30 days. But that's because I was able to invest it in the stock market and then make that money flip. Like I was able to double my money. Um, if we knew that we could do that, then we put more value on the money. So I feel like it's a thing of like we value the wrong things because we don't know that what we could do in a, in a different way. Does that make sense, or is that confusing? No, that does make sense. So let let me ask you. She's over here feeling convicted for my Taco Bell purchases now. (laughs) (laughs) Because she hit you with the food, huh? Shut up. No, so let me ask you about the stock market. Is that, like, I guess you more so you doing your research? Is that a bit of luck or, like, as far as, like, stocks paying off? Because the stock market is, I've looked at it, and I think I've done, I did, like, penny stocks for a while, played around with it. But it's scary, like to be able, you know what I mean, to to invest your money and not really know what you're gonna get back, you know. So yeah, I think people definitely need to take a class. It's mm-hmm. not something that you can just read a book because the stock market is kind of like becoming a doctor or learning a different language. It's hard to just read a book and then be fluent. Definitely. Or even if you're a doctor, like you got to get the education, then you go to residency and practice first before you actually start working on real people. In in stocks, you have to do the same thing, like go to a class first understand how to trade then you can start practicing and actually making money um but i will say there's a lot of myths about the stock market so one of the myths is that it's a gamble and that's actually not true like reading charts i can actually tell you like almost to well, I won't, I won't, like, convict myself, but I, um, I can tell you at a high price. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Over there, like, writing well, it down. Like, it's documented. You said. <laughs> Audio, video, we got it. <laughs> we can actually figure out the probability of a trade going right or wrong. Um, and I guess I didn't tell you guys, so, like, my background, I went to MIT for undergrad. So, like, I'm all about numbers. and But you don't have to be about numbers to do stocks. But just knowing that you can predict the probability of a stock going right or wrong you just need to know the right formulas so it's actually not a gamble it'd be like Steph Curry going to the free throw line you know when he goes there's a high probability he's gonna make it come on basketball so so then the same thing is with stocks we can calculate the probability and know that okay if I take this one I have a high probability of of winning and making money if I take this one then my risk is high and I'm not gonna make as much money okay so like that's a myth another myth is that you have to have a lot of money you don't because that margin thing I was just telling y'all about like if I have a small account but they let me trade with four times that I can actually buy value companies with a small excuse me smaller account so like that's a myth another myth that I hear a lot is that you have to buy and hold but recently like just this week the market went down 950 points a buy and hold person would be losing all their money if they just buy and hold so it's better to be able to have stops in place and a good risk management plan so that if it does come down it can get you out of the trade and then you can get back in when the prices are lower like that's actually better than that buy and hold thing like that's old that's not that you can actually do quite well not buying and holding. So who got you into the stock market? Let me because I got I got a two part question. There's one for one for her and one for Austin. Did you grow up? Did your parents kind of raise you in that financial realm to where you kind of? I mean, I'm sure they didn't raise you like looking at stocks and everything like that. But did they kind of raise you in like that financial accountability realm when you grew up, or you just kind of the stocks was just something you jumped in in your adulthood? 
Not at all. So my mom was a single parent, and I was raised by my mom and grandmother. They didn't know anything about stocks. Okay. Um, I did a summer program my senior year or junior year going into senior year mm-hmm. of, of high school at Northwestern University, and they took us to the Chicago Stock Exchange. Okay. So that was like my first eye of it. But then I went back home, and I remember like Google IPO that year, but we didn't know how to do it. Like we didn't know how to open an account. We didn't know how, like we didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. But I knew it was something I should do, but it was $83 at the time. Now Google's over $1,200. Well, today it came down a little bit. It's like $1,170 a share? per share. And when I was trying to get in, it was $83. So you can just imagine like what it would have been like if we really knew. You can Google these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so, that's funny. Yeah. Like you talked about, like missed opportunities. I remember having a uh, college professor tell me he had a chance to get in when uh, when Apple first came came about, and uh, he was like, "Oh, that ain't gonna do nothing." And of course, we know what Apple is today. So that's crazy. But I had uh, we had somebody on here ask, "Do you have any books or reading material that you would recommend for somebody to gain knowledge or?" Um, no. So I actually ended up creating a course. Okay. So I actually have a class they can go take because okay. I couldn't find any good resources. People okay. kept asking me, like, I was traveling all over. Like, she said, fuck these books. Come to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, say, me. that's an entrepreneur right yeah, there. I couldn't me. find anything, so I made my you own made kingdom. It up. I am the resource. <laughs> <laughs> what you want to know? I got my own book. I am the missing link. <laughs> For $19.99, you can get your personal prayer package. You can be a world market trader. <laughs> Shipping and handling fees included, but... So like when I quit my job, I was in education. I was assistant principal of elementary school. God bless but your soul. My, I know, right? <laughs> um, but the stocks became so big that I was able to quit and start traveling. So I was in like Thailand for a month, Vietnam for a month, South Korea for a month. Um, and people kept asking me. And so I would look for stuff to tell them because I didn't want to go on all these like coffee dates. Yep. Oh, can I take you to coffee? Can I take you to this? Um, but ended up do, creating a class. I was like, okay, fine, guys, come in here. I'll teach you. And I thought it would be a one time yeah. thing. And it ended up being this like, oh, is this a, everybody kept, is this a series? Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. Right. <laughs> so now, now, it now is. it's a course. So, so I don't know if y'all, do y'all post or I could say the link or anything, but. Yeah, we'll definitely drop definitely, the link. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, go ahead and give that link now. Give the information uh, now. Yeah, okay. If people are interested, they can go to itradeandtravel.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned being, or coming from an education background. So I wanted to make this comment earlier, but I'm glad that you brought it up. Unfortunately, with with our with our country right now, I mean, we have got a very high divorce rate. I mean, it's over 50%. So, I mean, it's, it's over half the families being divorced. And so, you know, you would expect simple things like this, like budgeting to be taught in the household. But a lot of, a lot of people don't have one parent. They don't have both parents, but, and, and they don't have a parent to teach them these things. Luckily, I mean, I had parents who tried to teach me the whole budgeting system and the envelope, and I was like, forget that. I don't want to carry around envelopes. And then – You must have done uh, Dave Ramsey or something like yeah, that. They, okay. they did, they, yeah, they did that. And then I'm like, oh, fine. And then when I became an adult, I'm like, oh, a budget actually is pretty smart. But looking back on it and seeing a lot of my friends actually going through the public school system, I'm not knocking public school, but – I'm homeschool finest, baby. Yep. <laughs> if I'm homeschool finest, I am so sorry. Um, Boy was ahead of his class. Hey, number one, baby. One of one, baby. Yeah, one, one of one. one. Um, God, you got me off track. Oh, okay. So here we go. So I, I think an in, in, in issue with, I would say that I have with the education system is this not being taught regularly because yeah. in, 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 well, that's because we learned school, about European history. In high school, in college, a lot of times, you know, we're taught history as this happened here, remember this person, test on Friday. But it's all this Jeopardy knowledge, but it's not actually experiencing it. So with what you said of, you know, actually reading the book and then actually going out and, you know, you know, putting it into action, I think that is a hole that we're really missing, especially in our public school education. I mean, they probably have it in public in private school, but I think in public where the majority of, you know, our our youth is, I think that's a big hole that we're missing of not teaching that regularly. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a question because we always talk about, uh, I know one thing is from a society standpoint, uh, the racial barriers when it comes to financial literacy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a lot of black families that behind the eight ball compared to the average white family in America. Uh, just coming from your family, mm-hmm. did your parents kind of groom you in that financial literacy, like like high school, college, like as you got older, or where it's kind of like you just kind of learned on your own once you I'd say got it, older? I'd say it's a balance because my my parents actually used to give me an allowance, mm-hmm. and then they started taking Dave Ramsey, and suddenly my allowance went away. And I'm like, well, I hate this. The reason why is because Dave Ramsey was talking about, you know, as a part of a family, as a part of a team, you have a specific job. So taking out the trash or cleaning your toilets or anything like that. I mean, you shouldn't be rewarded for that because that's what's expected of being a part of a family. And so you my, kick Dave Ramsey ass then. <laughs> probably got really good lawyers. And so, I don't really <laughs> so but I, my, my parents really did try to teach me. And when I say try, it's because... I didn't put that in emotion. I didn't see value in that. So I didn't put my value proposition there. Until I became an adult. Keep going. I, just, oh, I just hate you looking down. Now. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, I feel some kind of way today. I can't, I can't do it today. So, so now we're, I I, I, here we go. Yeah, I so I, I didn't really put in the effort myself. And so um, my parents really did try to teach me the value of things. But I didn't understand because for me, I'm a kinetic learner. So I have to learn by doing. Okay. And so... Um, my dad gave me a great deal of a house that he owned. Um, so my brother and I were paying rent to him and it was like dirt cheap, but I was really behind on like three or four months rent because I'm like, Oh, it's my dad. He'll, he'll help me out. Oh, it's my dad. He'll help me out. And I got in that mindset and I'm going, you know, I have, what I need to do is actually get an apartment. Dad's about to evict you. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Um, Change the blocks on. But, uh, I realized that I actually needed to put myself in a harder situation where there was no safety net. So you could be accountable to yourself. Exactly. And so that's what I've constantly been doing for myself because um, I recently just moved into a duplex where it's the most, it's twice as much as I've, as I've been paying this last time. And it's way more than I was ever expecting. But what I love about it is that um, it's putting me in a position where, listen, I have, I have no other choice but to be smarter with my money right now, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to be on the street or I am going to be behind, I'm gonna have all these late charges or whatever that may be, I need to put myself in a position where you have no other choice but to do exactly what you're supposed to. So no fault of my parents, I I put the blame on me because I didn't actually put into action what they were trying to teach me. Did that answer your question? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you feel like that's wise though or did you overextend yourself? I'd say everything comes with balance. Um, there were plenty of things where, I mean, I look back at the opportunities that my dad gave me and, you know, I just took advantage of that. And so I should have learned a lot quicker. Um, I just knew for me, I had to put myself in just a harder position position to succeed. And so um, obviously, you know, I don't make the wisest decisions, but I knew that if I didn't put myself in a position where, you know, oh, I'm not going to fail in this situation, then I'm going to just be chill, not worried about anything. But if I put myself in a position where I think I actually might not be able to pay this, not not where I'm, my rent is more than my actual expenses or my actual income, but it's putting me in a position where I'm going, I have to push myself here. You know, I have to make smarter choices when I go grocery shopping, not eat out all the time, you know, buy those meals that I can turn one no meal into mm-hmm. shut your mouth um <laughs> but like turn you know that one meal into like four five or six meals that can like spread out and i'm not eating out so like i said i'm a kinetic learner and so i have to i have to push myself outside of my comfort zone to be able to to learn and i've only been in my house for about two weeks now and I, i'm really learning so much more now because i'm going you know, people say, hey, I want to grab a cigar or like, hey, let's go. It's nine dollars, baby. I need to keep that. Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, that's like two or three meals right there. Plus like gas. One time. And so it, I think it's just finding a balance. Um, a big word for me this year has been balance. So it's not saying, you know, you can't do anything and just save all your money. But, you know, don't go out every night and hang out with your friends yeah. or whatever. It's just it comes in balance. Uh, sometimes there are very thin months and sometimes you have more than you expected. Yeah. So yeah. it's just keeping everything in moderation and in balance. Austin going to be eating a lot of spaghetti, yeah. sound like. That's some fish. Hey, bro, no, I, I think that's bro, a, I, no I, I joke. Think, I actually have a big old pot of spaghetti in my, all you need is some in my fish. fridge right now. All you need is some fish, baby. But I think that's uh, a good uh, thing, what you said about uh, balance, <laughs> because like if you follow a lot of people on social media, social media will have you going broke. 
Mm-hmm. And so, 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 media social media, so social bad. media has a lot of people going broke Absolutely. because, mm-hmm. because you see everybody having brunch, you see everybody doing this, you see everybody doing that, and so brunch like too. everybody, brunch like every, <laughs> like every weekend. And I'm not saying don't brunch. I'm not saying don't go out every weekend. If you got it, go ahead. Yeah. But it, but it's definitely people that that go out every weekend, spend that money, and then they kind of like just kind of just. If you got to look at your account, yeah, you got to keep check your account. You know what I'm saying? You shouldn't be at brunch. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not got. I, I've, you know, you grow, you grow up. Like my younger days, like my early, early twenties. Yeah, I'm in my early twenties. But like once, once you, once you get older, you got to be mature enough to where you can go out and enjoy yourself and not be looking at your account. Or mature enough to know, hey, I ain't got this right now. I'm not coming out. You know, I think, I think the thing is, people hate to say no. Because they hate of what that perception is going to be with the everybody else to say like, yeah. oh, you ain't got it. You're damn right I ain't got it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm about to get some rest and relaxation on this couch. I think people are afraid of to let people hear them turn down good time or spending yeah. money. Now you said something word. that made sense, too. I think if we're honest with ourselves and honest with everybody mm-hmm. else, like you said, you damn right I ain't got it. Yep. You know what I mean? But, but I, think the key I might word, have it next week. I, I think the keyword yeah. that he used was not now. It yeah. doesn't mean like forever, not like, ever, oh, you know, yeah. I, I can't go out tonight. Because if you say no, it's like, well, I can't ever do it. But if you just say not now, things are just, you know, not now. I feel so bad for guys too, cause y'all, well, y'all um, looks like are married and stuff. But man, if you're going on no, dates, yeah, <laughs> okay. We're still trying to figure like, Dang, okay. y'all just, we don't have to point that out quick. Kyle well, gonna be married in a year, probably. Or something. That'll work. Yeah, whatever. Uh, okay, okay. But I'm just saying, I think dates are expensive, so I feel yes. real bad for you guys. No, nah, y'all see, take a whole bunch of girls but, out. But the thing, the thing a is, girls, <laughs> just trying to find one nah, right now. Nah, not Austin. Yeah. The, the, nope. the thing is, hmm, economic. Sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to say. I ain't gonna say it. I, ain't, ain't I don't want to get. I don't want to get in trouble going back. <laughs> but uh, do it. I think. I think even with you dating, won't. dating in a relationship like myself, and I mean Mike married. I think it makes it a lot easier if you have someone. And I said like on the podcast, you have somebody that like treats it as like a partnership, to where it ain't like, like I'm always paying for us to go eat, or if I go eat, she may pay for us to go to a movie. If we go to a movie, I pay for a ticket. She, like, you gotta be able to have somebody that's not going to always foot the bill on you. And I think when it comes to dating, and this ties into financial accountability as well, I think that holds a lot of guys back from dating a lot of women or even settling down because society has programmed women to where like a man needs to do this, 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 mm-hmm. this, and you not do like you not do anything. And I think it's giving them that false perception of this is all the financial responsibility is on him versus your money just to play play, money. play with yourself. Nah, I'm playing with you. Pause. 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 I was like, Pause. whoa, whoa, Pause. where is this Pause. going? <laughs> Your money's used for you to play with. We're, we're very managed here. As you Pause. 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 <laughs> but she blew it up first. So she late. She did. I but, know. But she you, started laughing before any of us said it. She helped. She was like, hmm. <laughs> but, but I think that's, that's, that's kind of where the financial accountability has came in. Um, I mean, even tying into financial accountability, I said this before. And it's like a talk my mom has had with me like a long, a while ago. Like she was like, make sure like your mate or whoever you're dating, y'all are on the same role, not same role, but same um page. Pay, same page, thank you, same page financially as far as accountability with finances. Yeah. Because somebody can either be an asset to your credit or somebody can be a liability to your credit. Mm-hmm. And so like working in a bank, I've seen to where a husband or a boyfriend may try to do something with his girlfriend or vice versa, and he got a 770 credit score. She coming in with a 630, 640. So it's just at that point, what can she bring or add to him? Because everything that they're going to do is going to have to be on his credit. His credit. She's not bringing any financial capital to the equation because nothing with her name will be able to get them anything or if they do get it it's going to be at a ridiculous rate 
that they can't afford. And I mean, I but know. I I think with that too, you I mean, of course, you want to be on a level playing field. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't feel like, and we're kind of going off a little bit because we're talking relationship. But I don't. But think it's still financial make, accountability, yeah, it's still financial, though. But I, I don't think you can make. Your decision relationship on who you fall in love with solely based on yeah on finance. I ain't saying solely. I mean I know it, but they, it, but they it, play a big part. Yeah, it, if, takes, if, it, it plays. It, come up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It like, plays a huge part. But like you can also work at. And I say this because my my wife's credit score was higher than mine when we got married, but she didn't really have as much credit history as mm-hmm. I did either. So, uh, but I worked to get mine up right. too. And so that's why I said that's why I say solely you can't it can't be your soul. But my thing is is even though your credit score is probably lower, you are probably still somewhat financially responsible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the thing is that credit score matters. Like I take that into consideration. Like, but I'm never gonna ask that. <laughs> I can always base a person's credit or financial stability. Behind how, like, behind <laughs> what happened? I can just see you asking the girl, What's your credit score? <laughs> right. And if it's six, hello, mama, six, how you doing? What's your credit yes. score? Hey. It's 650 below me. I can't help you. <laughs> right. if, it, if, it, if, it, if it ain't 700 or more, I don't know what I'm gonna do with you. We got, we got 800 hey, bro, over you here. You can I get a house with what 650, bro. Like, but what interest rate you gonna get? 650 ain't gonna get you a lot of houses. Oh, no. Six fifty ain't gonna get you the house that you want, boy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I think like, <laughs> but like, I've never asked a woman her credit score, but I have no. Wait, tell the truth. No, really? I've never, never. Okay, I've never, I've never asked a woman her credit score, but I've observed uh, what she prioritizes. So like, I've had a, I had an ex. <laughs> See Calvin back in the corner, she's going. Mm-hmm. I had an ex. <laughs> oh, okay. That would go out every weekend. She go shopping, mm-hmm. all this stuff, but then we on the phone. She complained about rent, dude. Yeah. She complaining about that she ain't got no money for this. So she can like not not saying that she like was wanting me to do it, but it's like you complaining. And then if we do go out on dates, I'm paying most of the dates because. Did you ever call her out on it? Yeah. Okay, good. I did. I'm like well, you're you you going you, you complaining about rent. And money, and it's your fault. but you got you got shopping bags right here. You know what I'm saying? So, I just I feel like that's going to always tie in when it comes to relationships, and that's what I look. at. I'm never going to directly ask, but you can always tell just by how somebody prioritizes things. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's the lifestyle and the mindset. Yeah, it's definitely a mindset thing. Like at least you said, well, I worked on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like some people aren't even trying to work on making theirs better. Definitely. So I think that's cool. And I got to get these student loans off, so I might be calling. <laughs> you did that, that. That just got me. You. Yeah, so I had a conversation with a buddy of mine in, in December, and he was talking about uh, he was, like, in his mid-20s or something like that, and he, he paid off his student loans and all the debt that he had. He's like, man, I was so excited. I got my, my net worth to zero. And I'm going, that sounds so jacked up, but that makes a lot of sense because – he was in the red for so long because of all the debt that he had. And he goes, yeah. I'm just trying to bring my net worth to zero. And then so at the beginning of the year, my kind of motto was net worth to zero. Life, so like, life really, tough when you got to bring your net worth to zero. Got I, back. I know. <laughs> I was but about to say so no But it makes don't sense. have anything yet. Exactly. Or yeah. just debt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I at least got a house. Some assets. I mean, I got some more stuff too. But oh, I ain't got nothing. You got a, you got a pink slash purple slash blue slash... <laughs> <laughs> Some what other color okay. kind of jacket? Okay, okay. That's I'm not knocking it. I'm saying it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's colorful. Oh. It is colorful. Colorful is an understatement. Okay. We're in a yellow pocket square with a pink jacket. Hey man, get your color play game up, man. <laughs> this is Mike's. Mike's casual. Some light, you know. Mike's way of taking it easy. Some light, yeah. Like a big ass Barney. (laughs) I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. He came in here all smooth, bang bang, like he was Billy D. Williams in his gray suit. It's cool. How you doing? I'm Cal. Straight from corporate America. How you doing? Yeah. How you doing? That's how he's on the phone with his Uber. It's how you doing, baby? We can go get here. (laughs) You you coming soon? All right, all right. You got on the nice navy. I see you. Was that white linen? White linen pocket square. Looking sharp, man. Looking sharp, man. Just trying to be like Calvin over here. Okay. Slim Shady in this gray and white kind of color palette. Color palette. Wow. Wellers, all right. You drunk? Just put it, it down. Marinara. marinara. All right, it's marinara. Yeah. It's not drunk. That's what you, that's what you get for talking shit? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll take that. But I'll no, that. man, do y'all have um, any events coming up? I seen Kyle got some stuff coming up, man. He going back home doing some stuff, man. What y'all y'all got any events coming up here? I have nope. <laughs> you did all that just to say. <laughs> I knew he was about to say no. He did all of that just to nope. say no. Miss Terry, do you have anything? Any classes or seminars you're doing or anything coming up? Sure. That you want people um, to know about? The the class I was telling people about, we open back up for enrollment August thirty first for the fall. Okay. Yeah, it is though, because a lot of people just don't know about stocks. I want more of us to be able to use our money and make it work for us. Now, before you before you leave, uh before we close out, I do have a question. Sure. Between stocks and uh, I know it's like it's Forex and it's something else. What makes you stay with stocks versus the Forex and I Again, I can't There's think of the other one. Futures, options, forex, and stocks—the different asset classes. I love companies. So uh-huh. the same way that people like fantasy football and can you, say you all like the tangible. stats. You like tangible. You like to be able yeah. to see it. For you. I got you. Okay. Uh huh. So Bro, that's why I choose I stocks it. and options. Quick, quick question: Can you unpack forex for me? Because sure. This is my experience with Forex. <laughs> okay. Somebody's bitter. Somebody bitter. Just slightly. Right? Uh, he, he hopped on that thing when it was the, when it was the fad. Uh, when it was the fad, everybody had it on their phone. Yeah. Austin was like, I'm going to buy me five dollars. Austin nope, was negative No, no, no. I will tell you what happened. There was a buddy of mine who had this. He's not going to call it that, but it was multi-level marketing. Triangle. Disguised. Yes. Pyramid scheme. Pyramid scheme. It was disguised as like Forex of like, you know, you you're you're making money when you're when you're sleeping like that whole thing like you know mm-hmm. you can trade stocks on your mm-hmm. phone that whole thing so you sign up three people under you three and, and i'm going you fell that's, for it that shut up that's, that's no i'll tell you what school. happened because it sounded exactly like a pyramid scheme i'm going dude that this sounds like, like a pyramid hey, you scheme. still did this, it this let me finish the story <laughs> he goes no dude it's not a pyramid scheme and i'll tell you why so, oh, okay so he, tell he me why you. would you let me finish the story <laughs> Tell me, I, I said, just focus you. over here. It's just, just focus. There okay. So I said, it sounds like a pyramid scheme. He goes, no, dude, it's not a pyramid scheme. You know why? I said, why? He goes, because pyramid schemes are illegal. Oh, goodness. Hey, you feel I, okay. I did not fall for it. Signed I did. It's just, it sounded way too good to be true. I'm going, okay, I've been approached by plenty of these people. You know, you sign three people under you. You can get right, on the platinum no. level. And then, you know, once you get to the gold <laughs> level. Herbalife. Really, yep. Like that. Like everything right, like okay. that. So. That's, yeah. that's my I, knowledge of Forex, and I'm going, oh, Forex. So yes. unpack that. Can I talk? And I'm going to look at the – can I look at the camera? Oh, yeah, no. The camera. no, you can't. So many people get, like, <laughs> caught, and I just don't want that to happen to you guys. So, like – so Forex, the actual thing of Forex is you're trading currencies. Okay. So it's the difference between like the yen and the dollar or the Aussie dollar and the American dollar. Or, um, for example, China just devalued their currency recently and it did a whole tailspin. Like that's why the market fell 950 points, because China now our dollar's not worth as much because China said it's not. So like <laughs> and, and Trump is very mad. Right, And Trump does some stupid tweet and stuff. And then just ridiculous Stock market drop um, when he tweets every time. <laughs> Um, he yeah he's mm, I don't mm, yeah I don't like her mm. <laughs> um, but here okay so here's the thing so when you're trading you should be able to trade your own money never have somebody else if they say oh I'm gonna trade for you that's a no um, if somebody says that oh you have to hire some other people to be under you that's a no the rate the way that you trade is actually having your own money and then the, a good teacher will teach you how to trade your own money so for example like the things that I talk about not I can't speak for all investing classes, but like the things that I talk about is like, how do you pick good companies? How do you actually place the trade? How do you open a brokerage account? How do you do risk management? How do you put in certain stop orders? Sorry. Stop loss orders to protect yourself. How do you calculate your share size and your quantity size? Like that kind of stuff is the things you need to know to be successful. How do you read charts? What do the candlesticks mean? What does it mean when the candlesticks are doing this formation versus that? Where are the banks buying? Where are the banks selling? Like that's the kind of stuff you need to know to know how to trade in the stock market. If they're not talking about that kind of stuff, then it's a scheme. So don't do that. Look for good quality classes. And I will say most classes cost like $20,000 per class. I don't cost that much, but just She's know only 10. that <laughs> <laughs> I beat the market by half. Yeah. <laughs> if, 
If they're looking at YouTube or reading a book for $10, that is not going to show you how to make $1,000 a day or even $100 a day. So just know what you're getting into and what you're actually looking for. Start making money by losing money. So do you trade trade full-time? Yeah, I'm a full-time trader. That's how I afford my lifestyle. Again, if ever you have way too much cash, just let me know. Okay, I'll help you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When you say afford your lifestyle, not <laughs> she didn't say that's how I pay my bills. She said that's how I afford. You can't my spend life. all your money so, on hookah. Okay? So, so, <laughs> so, um, that, that afford your lifestyle got you too, didn't it? it I know it didn't afford my lifestyle. It, it so, so, because I'm, I'm trying to get out of corporate America, we got to put. How, let me ask this: How many hours a day do you spend trading? Because I I know that is a big a big thing as far as for me I can usually trade four hours or less. I trade in the beginning of the market. I check my I can trade on my cell phone, so I check the phone around lunchtime, and then the last hour of the market is really important too. So I can usually make my goals in less than four hours a day. So you you done working before Judge Mathis come on TV? Yes, sir. <laughs> That'd be Before a yes. all my children. Yeah, yeah. I never watched the stories with your grandmother. Or how long? How long did it take you to become? Because uh, we, I'm asking real questions now. So damn it, my 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 interests are peaked right about now. No, nah, she peaked. My, I was gonna wait. I wanted her to explain what she do, but I, I was going I'm gonna give you a plan. How long right did there. it take you to one show profitability in trading to become proficient in trading? That's my two questions. Great question. So I think you can learn to trade in less than 60 days, but then to actually be good, it took me a year. So while I was still an assistant principal at the school, I was still trading every day. Oh, you told the kids, my kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't say she was a principal. <laughs> baby, she <laughs> yeah. had that earlier. Baby, yeah. I, babies, I love my, y'all, but I'm, I'm going to get this check like, over here. My goal was I needed to make $300 a day to, to replace my income. So I was like, okay, let me see if I can make consistently $100 a day was able to do that then it was two hundred dollars a day okay got that and with two hundred dollars a day that's actually an extra forty eight thousand dollars a year because mm-hmm. two hundred dollars a day is an extra thousand dollars a week four thousand dollars a month she up there yeah. doing she up there doing changes in between so, hall hall pass yeah man <laughs> stop I, running <laughs> doing passing period the hey y'all slow down get class Woo, just made $80. <laughs> right? No, like what real talk though, there was one time my principal came in, I was in my, my office and I had a trade on. I, I was about to make three thousand dollars and he like walked in and I was like oh, and the computer all of a sudden said, Sold because <laughs> I was oh, trading. But anyway, um yeah, so it took me about a year to get to three hundred dollars a day and then that's when I could quit and start traveling. So let me hear another question because I know this was a big thing with uh Forex and cryptocurrency. And this is the last one because we're running short on okay. cash. We gotta go. How does, because I know everybody probably, once you start talking about revenue, how does that correlate as far as taxes? Do you have to have your own accountant that pays attention to what you're gaining off your stocks? Or is there a paperwork that you already fill out to where they take taxes out of the money as it comes in from you? How do you go about doing so, that? So, great question as well. With taxes, it doesn't come out on the front end. You have to do it when you actually file your taxes. Oh, but it's just, no, no, but That'd it's the, the same <laughs> It's the same thing as uh, if you were to get a bonus at work or if you were to get a raise. Nah, they take that like, out the check at work. I know. But, you, I got paid yeah, back and that money going to be, that money going to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, okay, then get it. If you, if you can't do that, then get an accountant. Okay. I do have an, a, an accountant but um yeah like people think that you got to pay like these big taxes because it's short-term trading but really it's the same as your regular tax bracket whatever you are at then that's what you'll pay uh, who taught you or you self-taught a little bit of both i took classes and then like oh we're gonna talk we're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk <laughs> <laughs> oh we're we gonna, gonna talk oh we definitely gonna talk we're yeah. gonna get your but information I've been trading for like nine years so oh, yeah so we, yeah. we definitely gonna talk because i student loan got me of course i want to get to where he what he was talking about but it was the student loan what what just happened let's just and just we'll, we'll oh, find out later okay robert quinn just fractured his hand oh uh, dang that hurts he can write be a real dno He'd be in. He get good. that club. He good. Yeah, he'd be all right. He'd be back. He'd be ready by by game one. Hopefully, we pray. That hurt me too when you said it. Dang. Okay, but we're gonna go ahead and get out of here, man. We appreciate y'all for joining here the whiskey, whiskey Conversation <laughs> Podcast today, Miss Terry. We appreciate you for coming on. Go ahead and give the people Thank your you. information, your IG, Thank Facebook, you. everything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we need the information too. 
Uh, Instagram is at I'm an investor. It looks like Imani investor, but it's I'm an investor. <laughs> and then Facebook is in, invest with Terry. That's okay. my Facebook page. Okay. okay, cool, cool. But thank y'all for listening. Again, y'all be sure to like, subscribe, share our YouTube channel. We're on Apple Podcasts. We will be coming to Spotify soon, so y'all be on the lookout for that. And as always, we thank you. We out of here. Peace. Thank you.